Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Add My Optics! <laughs> a podcast where grown adults discuss, overanalyze and generally take a kid's toy and media franchise a little too seriously. Usually that of the Transformers. And this episode is no exception because today we are discussing the UK's premier Transformers convention, TF Nation. Woohoo! <laughs> I am your too old and misanthropic for this shit host, Orion Gear, and with me is my sickeningly enthusiastic and in his element co-host, Virtual Dave. Say hello, Virtual Dave. Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm very happy about this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Plus, uh, we have a special guest host who you may just have heard screaming Arg My Optics a little earlier. A fellow TF Nation attendee and significant other of the aforementioned Dave... Virtual Amy, say hello to our listeners. Hello, listeners. <laughs> hello, Amy. So, in case you don't know, TF Nation is usually a yearly unofficial Transformers convention held in Birmingham, England in August. And I say usually because due to a pesky global pandemic, it's been missing in action a couple of years. And instead, it's been held online, which is no fun at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. I didn't even attend the online ones, to be honest. Yeah, so, Amy, seeing as you're the special guest host, how about you kick this off? Am I right in saying you wouldn't describe yourself as a Transformers fan? You're more kind of, I don't know, Transformers sympathiser? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I sympathise with, you know, the Autobots cause, usually. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, um, Virtual Dave first showed me the animated film and, um, I was very confused. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then after that, we watched the Netflix series and I did like that. And, um, also the new Bumblebee film. I know you two have differing opinions on that, but I did enjoy that very much as well. Well, I mean, I think we came to a consensus on that podcast we did about it. Yeah. So your experience of it so far is, well, Dave's collection of toys and uh, the 86 movie and Bumblebee movie. Yeah. (laughs) And War for Cybertron. Well, I've seen the second and third Michael Bay films. I feel sorry for you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. When Dave first told me, oh, I... My obsession is Transformers. I was like, oh, great. So he fancies Megan Fox, basically. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Sorry, listeners. I mean, I don't mean to um, harsh anyone's vibe if they they like it or if they like Megan Fox. I mean... Yeah, they're they're Michael... The less said about the Michael Bay movies, the better, really, I think. (laughs) So so this was your first Transformers convention and maybe your first experience of the Transformers fandom in real life. What did you think of it? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, so far I've been to several MCM London Comic Con and that is what I was expecting from Transformers Con. And I don't know if anyone listening has been to MCM, but <laughs> MCM is, is great, but you go through all the all the dealer halls. It's very crowded and no matter where you stand at MCM, you are in the way. Mm. But... I thought that TFN was very nicely planned out and it was nice to have a bit more of a low-key convention. Um, there were 800 people in attendance and it was the biggest attended 
Transformers Con in Europe. So I'm not saying it's like a, a small intimate convention, but it was a lot nicer to have a less crowded space. Yeah. And also I really liked what they did with the panels where they had a day of just panels. Because at MCM, you find that you're trying to get through all the dealer hall, get all the good stuff before it goes. And then it's the end of the day and your feet are tired and you know that the panel hall is somewhere, <laughs> but you suspect it's on the other side of the very large convention hall. And you tend to just decide to go and have a sit down instead of... Yeah. I mean, MCM seems very much, it's about the merch. Yeah. It's not really about the panels. It's a comic coin in name and name only, mm. really. Mm-hmm. It it really is just people going there and buying their Funko Pops and getting various pop culture shite. <laughs> it's gotten worse <laughs> and for heading that home over the years. <laughs> and of course, I guess I guess there's a big kind of a what what is it? Oh, it's gone out of my head for a second. Cosplay scene. There's a big cosplay scene, mm. but that's essentially it. Mm. <laughs> this this did seem more focused. Of course, there was a traders' hall, but they, but it wasn't focused on that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a really good idea to have a panels day. Mm. Yeah, well, you guys went to the whole thing. I was only there for Saturday. So how was how was the whole weekend for you? Uh, it was good. Like Amy was saying, it's a nice structured event. Mm-hmm. When we were there, we were talking to people about uh, since it's our first time going that. A lot of other people also really enjoyed the format they had this year because normally it's in different rooms around the hotel and it's a bit more spread out and things are happening at simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time it was all one room um, in the dealer room and that was it. That was it. It's like and you could go between the two. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot more simple, a lot more uh, better for you if you wanted to catch a certain panel and if you didn't, you could go and do something else and come back. Yeah, I mean the the dealer room and the the panel room were quite close together so it wasn't too difficult to kind of yeah jump between the two i mean it was it there's quite a lot of kind of walking a bit lost down corridors uh, <laughs> trying to find your way at first but once you got once you got orientated you're like okay deal rooms here panel rooms here bars here that's mm-hmm. all you really needed to know basically <laughs> And of course, you could you could leave whenever you wanted and go get food or whatever. And it's in the uh, Birmingham um, Hilton Metropole, which is kind of connected to the airport and the Birmingham NEC you know, National mm. Convention Centre. Which I mean, I don't know whether whether you've ever been to a convention in the NEC, but that place is gigantic. <laughs> the UK Games Expo mm. that is in there, and it's unbelievable. So. Yeah, it was nice being in a smaller place, definitely. I appreciated that. I like the fact that the dealer room wasn't too big. Mm-hmm. You could pretty much get round there in like, depending on what you were looking for and how hard you were looking, you could get round there in half an hour and kind of get, get an idea of who's where and mm-hmm. what you're looking at and where, where you might want to go back to later if you've missed something. Oh, my optics! So you were there the entire weekend you got there on friday and you, you were there all friday all saturday and all sunday mm-hmm. so do you want to kind of talk us through the weekend i mean when did you arrive you know what did you do well me and amy arrived the day ahead which was good because then we got to settling and we weren't rushing to to get to the place to register or anything we just took our time um so when friday came along we registered 
um, went through all the different panels that were happening that day, got to talking to a few people at the end of the day in the bar. Mm-hmm. In the quiz, we all had to like make teams and just, I don't know if it was coincidence or potluck, the people we were sitting next to or near us were all first timers as well. So we all had, um, we all stuck together after that. Um, Except there was um, one chap joined our team, Tony, and he oh, yeah. had been a lot of times before, and he was an expert. And <laughs> he, he, yeah. he carried the team. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dave. He really did. <laughs> well, that's 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 nice. It's good to have a an old timer on the team. It was, it yeah. Uh, the the cup of the team. Hmm. I think that's good actually putting the, putting a putting something like a quiz on the first night is a really good way of getting people to kind of meet each other isn't it and get you know acquainted. Mm. I came in on the Saturday but I mean I already knew quite a few people who were going anyway I quite a few people from my group of um Transformers collectors that I meet with in Brighton were going and then of course there was you guys and there was a few people off of message boards like TFW that I knew were going to be there and I might bump into Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's good to get a kind of um, especially if you're it's the first time you're going to a Transformers convention, get kind of acquainted with other people and get an idea of how it all works and what the fandoms like. Which, you know, it's one of the nicer fandoms. I definitely think mm. everyone's really happy to speak to you, and it's unbelievable how um how friendly everyone is really. And you know, from your first time people to regulars to People who you might know off of YouTube or off of um, podcasts. Minor Transformers celebrities are all the way up to major ones. <laughs> like all the way up to, you know, your, your James Roberts and um, uh, and your Simon Furmans and your, your Gary Chalks. Mm-hmm. All the way up. Everyone was really, really nice. Really, really friendly. Yeah, it was, it was really nice, wasn't it? It was such a nice vibe there. Mm. Yeah, it's, mm. and it's crazy. Like, even as a kind of Transformers poser fan, <laughs> I think I made <laughs> more friends at this convention than I ever have at another convention. Mm. Like, um, there was one night, it was um, Friday night, I think, just after the convention, we went into the bar and people had just brought along their Transformers to show people. And mm. we ended up having a, a game of cards with just a bunch of, Transformers yeah. fans that said hello to us. It was it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, cool. So yeah, so, so so that was your first. That was the first day. So that was all panels, and then Saturday, you were obviously you obviously staying in the hotel, weren't you? In the in the in the Hilton itself. No, we were at the Premier Inn. All right, but but close by. Close by, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, there's quite a few hotels on the NEC slash airport land, as it were. Apparently, we were only like. 10 minutes away but because of all the stuff happening with the games mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of the different pathways were all blocked off yeah so for your information listeners um, the Commonwealth Games were held the weekend before mm. this particular um, convention before TF Nation in Birmingham so the NEC had been used for that so there was a lot of kind of um tall fences and so on to like <laughs> kettle people around and they hadn't been taken down yet so it was a little bit hard to navigate around mm. the place wasn't it like if if you didn't stay inside the building and use the corridors if you wandered outside you could get quite lost yes <laughs> as i did because <laughs> when i left you guys on saturday evening mm. 
I was following my phone back to the bus stop because not only all, there was all these fences and so on, there was also a rail strike on the day. Yeah. So <laughs> you couldn't take the train from Birmingham International. You had to go get a bus back to wherever you were going. So I got a bus back into Birmingham. And I had I thought, well, I'll just follow my phone back to the bus stop. And I found that the route I wanted to take was cut off due to fences. And I just ended up walking round all these fences in 34 degree heat. And and I was a little hungover. So <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't fun. How could you get hungover with the Hilton drinks prices? Oh, I was drinking the night before. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, and I was still struggling a bit. I was struggling the entire day. I kind of scuffed myself. I should have definitely... If I, if I do it again, I'm not going to drink much the night before, <laughs> if at all. So, yeah, so Saturday, I came in on Saturday. And, um, I mean, I, I got there around about the same time you guys got there, didn't I? Yeah, roughly? we got there. We got there a little late. Yeah, and I, I registered. And you were very lucky. Yeah, you, you didn't get that, that there that late because you were right at the front of the queue for um, getting into the Traders Hall. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, because as soon as we came in for the opening ceremony... It ended, so we got up and walked out <laughs> and was in the front of the queue for the trailer. I, I forgot, yeah, there was an opening ceremony, wasn't there? So so you just walked in the opening ceremony, it ended, you left. So you were, you, you were the first in the queue to get into the trailer hall. <laughs> and I was very lucky that I just came along and kind of squeezed in with you. And, uh, no, no one seemed to mind. So yeah, so we went in the trailer hall, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk us through what was in there? Uh, everything. Uh, I mean, like, I don't think there wasn't, uh, too much that if you were looking for something, I'm pretty sure you would have found it, especially official stuff. Maybe some third party stuff wasn't there, but if you were looking for like anything from G1 to Unicorn Trilogy to RID to, I mean, goodness knows, anything, probably even Rescue Bots, you could find it all there. It was, it was quite a spread. Yeah, there was loads. I mean, you had um, Kapow, mm. In Demand Toys, Space Bridge, Toy Fu, mm-hmm. um, and a few other traders that I... I mean, I've got the little program here with me at the moment, so I could probably tell you. But, like, yeah, there was a lot of people there selling all the way from just came out yesterday to uh, came out in 1984. <laughs> and the entire spread... Yeah, lots of kind of secondhand and new stuff. You are right. There wasn't as much third party as I'd kind of hoped for. Yeah. Unless it, unless it all got kind of... um Swept up in the morning. Yeah, because there was, an, there was an early access and you had to pay extra for that. And it was quite expensive, the early access. I think that's probably what happened because there was this, people were coming out with so many bags of stuff. Mm, and then I did yeah. see a lot of third party on the tables in the bar later on. So maybe... Yeah, I mean, there was third party there. Mm. But um, unfortunately, nothing I wanted. So, I mean, I had a little list and nothing actually came up on my list. So I didn't buy an awful lot. I bought a few gifts for people, but nothing nothing toy-wise for myself. Mm. So Traders Hall, and then there were, then there were more panels. Mm-hmm. Um, what, three or four more panels? And then there was a, the uh, Club Con, which... That was the point at which I left because <laughs> I had only bought the day ticket because originally I wasn't really planning on coming. I've been to Transformers conventions, but the last Transformers convention I went to was, I think it was Auto Assembly 2008. Wow. 
So almost 15 years ago. And that's the last time. And that was around about the time the movie came out mm. and ruined it for me. <laughs> so I didn't go again for a while. Well, I didn't go again until this weekend that's just mm-hmm. passed. And that was a, a smaller affair. It was in Birmingham, but it was at a different hotel, uh, a little bit close to the town. And it wasn't nearly as big. And all the traders were in the same room as the panels. Oh, right. So it was a little bit more, yeah, it was a bit more intimate, as it were. Mm. But I mean, Transformers wasn't as big then, you know? Mm. Transformers is massive now. And at the time I was collecting back then, it was more of a niche concern, as was most pop culture stuff, you know? (laughs) You know, these days, everybody loves Marvel, everybody loves um, Star Wars, everybody, you know what I mean? It's all, Mm -hmm. anybody on the street is into this stuff, whereas, you know, back then they weren't, you know? It was was considered strange (laughs) for grown adults to be attending conventions about, comic books or toy franchises or whatever it's quite the opposite now it's strange if you haven't seen the latest marvel show or the latest marvel movie or yeah Uh, unfortunately (laughs) so yeah i went around the traders hall found some cool stuff which we'll talk about what we picked up in the traders hall a bit later and i saw a panel and then i kind of because i was a little hungover kind of uh Decided to retire to the bar, <laughs> which is fun because I got to meet some people in the bar. Like I, I bumped into a couple of friends from Brighton, mm-hmm. Hannah and Kale. Mm-hmm. They they both come along to my Brighton meetup thing and they just happened to be on the bus oh. on the way in. So I came in with them and then they uh, they kind of did their own thing. And then when I got in the bar, they were sat at a table talking to a bunch of people. It turns out that turns out Hannah's quite big on um, on Twitter and is qu- quite well known. So she knows quite a few people on the kind of, you know, Transformers fan scene on Twitter and so on. So she, she was surrounded by quite a few people. So I sat down there, had a couple of drinks, um, looked at, you know, mucked about with some toys. People were getting things out, playing about with them. I had to go on um, that um, MMC Shattered Glass Optimus Prime, who was... Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, MNC make amazing stuff. And then uh, along came uh, Thu and sat down <laughs> with us. So, you know, we had a chat with him. He was lovely, quite concerned for me because I looked a bit kind of like I was, go- well, I was crashing, basically. Mm. I was uh, I was feeling a bit kind of like, oh, God, this, <laughs> this hangover is not shifting. <laughs> Thu is a real gent. And he's given us a shout out on his TF Nation 2022 wrap up and haul video. So it's only fair we do the same. Links in the description. Indeed, we try to put links in the description for all the artists, YouTubers, podcasters, traders, etc. we mention. So you can go look them up. No, it was, it, was, it was really nice and I got to meet a lot of nice people. So then I went back to my digs in Warsaw with my uh, my my lovely friend Vanessa who was looking after me for the weekend mm-hmm. and then you guys went for some food in preparation for Clubcon yeah ah, my optics Clubcon uh, so I unfortunately had to miss Clubcon it was only an extra 15 pounds and I kind of wish I paid it now because it sounded quite good so how about either of you talk me through what happened at Clubcon um, well, it was the cosplay competition that happened at Clubcon, first of all, 
really good. There's some amazing cosplays. Um, I think the lady who dressed up as the Well of Sparks was robbed. Yes, that was genius. It was really, it was entertaining because they were, they were encouraged to come on the stage in character and try and win people over. Um, there was a guy dressed as Optimus Primal who came out and threw bananas out into the crowd. Um, and then there was someone else who dressed up as IDW Swerve and made a cocktail on stage. Um, (laughs) nice to, um, like you could tell, like the staff at TF Nation had no idea they were going to do this and they were freaking out, like they were going to drop (laughs) (laughs) a cocktail everywhere. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so it was, oh, it was good. It was good. They asked for it. Yep. <laughs> they said come on in character. Um, and then after that, we had the thing that they have been talking about all Friday, Saturday. They were hinting at something they were going to tell us or show us. Beyond your wildest imagination. That's it, yeah. Which was, the clue there was that was the strap line on the original movie poster for Transformers the movie. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> Did you not know that? No. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, I I, I was kind of speculating with Andrew from from the Brighton group um, about what it would be. Because I was saying, do you know what this is? And he's like, well, with it being the strapline from the movie, maybe it's something to do with the movie. But you got to watch the movie on the first night, didn't you? They showed the movie. They did, So it wasn't going to be them showing the movie. Mm. And if if you look at the schedule, it's like half an hour of Beyond Your Wildest Imagination, then mm-hmm. like half an hour of a quiz show and then half an hour of Beyond Your Imagination and half an hour of a, another bit of quiz show. Or, or I think there was also the results of um, the... The contest. Yeah. The contest. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Sorry. Um, I, ca- I cannot remember the word cosplay. Cosplay <laughs> contest. So, yeah. Um, but what was it? It was Jim Sterning? Sterling? Sternen? Is that how you say his name? I don't think... Uh, yeah, go on. Him, uh, go with that until I found his real name. Him and Chris McFeely um, presented the first rundown scripts of the Transformers the movie. And they had the artist there, like, visualise what was written on screen for us to follow. It's Sorensen. Sorensen. Jim Sorensen. Yeah. So, as I understand it, they had they got hold of an early copy, an early version of the script. Yes. And some of the they got some information on some of the early designs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they basically got together with a bunch of artists and mocked up what it would look like. Correct. And then they then they kind of talked you through how the movie might have been. Mm-hmm. Because it, there were a number of rewrites, and we spoke about this when we did we did a podcast on Transformers the movie. Mm-hmm. Around about Christmas last year. <laughs> Thank you. Uh. Um, so <laughs> nice. <laughs> Someone's quite excited about uh, Transformers the movie so. on the street outside Dave's place. <laughs> so go on. Uh, so yeah, they were they were talking you through what what might have been. So what what might have been? Uh, well, I mean, fa- in all fairness, it didn't change that much. It was just some characters had changed and the introduction to the film was different. There was no introduction to Unicron from the get-go. There was no um, otherworldly planet. It all began on Earth. And when the Decepticons attack, 
the reinforcements are not coming from Cybertron or the moons is coming they come from the arc itself. That was the key difference is that in that first draft it's Earth that's in peril, not Cybertron. Not and the story the story is a, is a lot more human really for that, I thought. Mm-hmm. It was not just a, a telling of the script, it was a um a telling of the script with slideshow original art <laughs> which was really really fantastic and they um they sold some of the prints afterwards of some of the characters that were in that original draft yeah yeah they just had really fantastic artwork really <laughs> yeah I, th- I think they'd i mean I, I, you can correct me if i'm wrong but from what i've seen because i've seen like photos of it mm. they had artists mock up what these things would have looked like like they weren't was it official artwork from from Hasbro or from from the movie makers? Or I wonder whether they actually got that far as to make that stuff or whether it was mock-ups based on what was described in the script. It's a bit of both. Some of it is what was described on the page mm. and some of it is like just the original designs they had for the characters going forward. And they just yeah. adapted that. Like they had a like a, the original drawings for Magnus. Yeah. Which they used for Ryan um, packs, but they didn't uh, go with the colour scheme. Obviously, they went for the Delta Magnus colour scheme just to be different. So they there was some yeah. creative licence going on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they kind of went, well, I suppose he could look like Delta Magnus. We'll use that colour scheme for him and, and so on. And there were a few there were a few new things. Like there was a, oh, what was it called? There was a train bot <laughs> called... Um, Rails. Rails, yeah. That, that, I mean, I think that's probably the thing everyone was talking about afterwards. It was just like how, <laughs> how that would have um, stolen the movie if he was in it. Mm-hmm. But you can completely understand why that didn't happen and why it was shelved. Because um, mm. it was a steam train carrying yeah. Energon and also carrying Autobots in vehicle mode. Mm. And as Prime comes to save the day, like he did with the Dinobots... Um, the train itself transforms into a like a bullet train, yeah. Um, almost like in R.I.D. How they could, you know, how they could just generate rails and hover. They yeah. Actually, need to be on tracks. It did that in that mode, and then it had another mode where it turned into a giant snake and mm-hmm. just wiped out the Decepticons and like. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, wasn't it? Wasn't it kind of um, the antidote to Devastator, basically? Uh, yes. But yeah, well, Dev- oh, Devastator wasn't even in, in the draft, so, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, but that's that's quite a deviation. Yes, <laughs> yeah. My favourite uh, imagined character was the Sweeps. Mm. They had these really ominous black bodies with these headlamps for eyes, and um, they, were, oh. they were going round and searching for the Autobots, and it was just this really creepy, sinister image. Yeah, it was... It was it was quite cool that because mm. uh, Chris was saying how they weren't actually called sweeps, but they were like sweeping, looking for Autobots at one point, yeah. and somehow between going back and forth, that just that name must have stuck. Mm. Yeah, uh, but the but the meaning was lost. If you know yes. what I mean, like yeah. it's like it, it makes so much more sense to call them sweeps if that was what they were doing, <laughs> even though they weren't called sweeps at the time. Yeah, and then we just got a load of generic scourge copies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting, and I know that there was loads more. Wasn't there stuff about the Matrix was like a tiny little 
an oh, Optimus Prime yeah. ghost in a bottle. Yeah. Apparently, it predates the creation matrix in the comics, and they all said that it was very unclear about where the name came from and who actually, mm. you know, decided to have that as a name in Transformers lore, as it were. Yeah, it wasn't a physical thing. It was just like when the leaders die, they became like little ghosts on themselves. And it's mad, the, isn't it? For the Decepticons, it was called Megatron's was called his essence. Yeah, and Prime was the Matrix, and uh, but some of that's still in the film. Like the he was meant to die. Megatron was meant to die in a a hall full of all Decepticons past. Yeah, and that's where. But past leaders or past, just past leaders, Decept- yeah. Um, and that's where um, Coronation is for Starscream, and they have those statues. That's what they're yeah. meant to be. So it was very, it was interesting to see what what got cut and what stayed. I mean, yeah. I think the biggest change is the ending with Daniel playing more of a part in saving the day. Well, there were a um, lot more human characters, weren't there? There were many more. There was a lot more. And Daniel wasn't the son of Spike. Yes, he was... Uh, he had his mum played a part yeah. in it, but not his dad. We didn't know who his dad was. Uh, there was, it was a, there was like this thing they were doing with Wheeljack and RC as well, which was yeah, almost kind of. I heard there's some kind really of uh... <laughs> off-color kind of bad kind of misogyny stuff going on with with Wheeljack and RC. I mean, it kind of. I wonder. I wonder if that's why they have that shot of RC really sad when Vilcek's body is like lying dead in the movie yeah, could like be, could be <laughs> yeah i thought that was, i thought it was really cool because it, it i think it would have given rc more of a a role uh, a character in the film yeah like a, a, a thing to be doing even though even though with all the stuff that Vilcek was saying to her or the way they described it, it sounded yeah ridiculous. yeah um, i'm glad that was cut because uh, <laughs> it's things yeah. like oh sheesh fembots that kind of stuff like yeah. <laughs> I think the thing about their arc from um, what I heard at the panel or what I heard at the dramatic retelling of the first draft is that um, RC is really doing a great job. She's pulling her weight and he is just um, kind of stereotyping her. And I think think that that the intent of it was to kind of side with RC and to kind of take a humorous outlook at it. Like he's saying, oh, you're, you're finally pulling your weight. But um, really, she's been doing it the whole film. Yeah. And I think that's what was that's what was good about it, because as the audience, you know, she's doing it. And like there is kind of a resolution at the end between the two of them. So it kind of paid off. Yeah. But you do you do worry that little boys will watch and think, oh, Wheeljack is cool, and Wheeljack doesn't like girls, therefore I don't like girls. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this is which I'm, well, I'm kind of pleased that that, that part of it kind of uh, got yeah. taken away. There were some different designs as well, weren't there? Like that, like Cop had a different name, and he turned into a tank. Yeah, he was. I think he was called. Tanker or Tanker? Tanker, or I think like it that. was, yeah. yeah. And there was some water bot called Chemo or something that shot chemicals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... It, there was a lot of characters that were introduced mm. and then either dis- disappeared, like Rails disappeared. Yeah. And then, the, as they like to kept saying in the show, like the, then he was never heard of again. Like, he was never seen again. Yeah, well, that's something, <laughs> that, that's something they say on TF Wiki a lot. 
um, and then we never saw him again. Yeah. Some some of the descriptions of um, of Generation One episodes on TF Wiki are hilarious because they just say, <laughs> at this point, the construction cons turn up for no reason, and then <laughs> and then they do this, and then they go away, and we don't see them again. Like things like that. I guess with it being an early draft, I suppose they hadn't really worked out where things were going with some of the characters. Yeah, because it was, as far as I understand, this was written really early mm. on. Like, the, the scripts were just written for the first season. Yeah. So, like, characters you wouldn't expect. Um, so, I guess they could try to use new ones so they could kill them off if necessary. And actually, not a lot of characters died thinking about it. Well, it was, like you say, it was written before the, before season one, wasn't it? Or somewhere around there. Somewhere around that time, and, yeah. and, oh, and and the movie was in development really early on, as we as we spoke about on our podcast about mm. the movie itself. So, I guess the closer they got to making it, they became more kind of focused on which toys they were going to phase out, which toys they were going to phase in, and then that, then that mm-hmm. that became the point at which they decided who was going to be in the movie, who were going to be the stars, who were going to be sidelined and killed or whatever, so we could move on to the next year of Transformers toys. I think that's why uh, they said that it was it was unusable because he, they introduced a lot of new characters or characters were done up in new aesthetic and new designs, but then they were, they were killed. Mm. So um, it was like, you can't introduce new characters and kill them. You have to kill the old characters. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that new ones can take their place. There was also a really good scene with... Uh, Springer, who'd been completely redesigned to be like, um, I think he said in the description that he's was meant to be the to look and have the 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 jaw of like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Right. Like he was meant to sound like Arnie, and he was just this massive buff robot. Um, <laughs> like there was a whole this thing about description of muscles and everything, and he had this really cool fight scene where he impale Starscream into like two other Seekers and he actually uses his spring jumping ability. Oh really? Um, in the fight, yeah. It was <laughs> Which we spoke thing. about in the uh, in the comic books uh, when we were, when we were talking <laughs> about City of Fear and how uh, that was kind of like rammed in there to kind of tell us why Springer was called Springer. <laughs> but it was, there was a guy with like kind of um, a grid on his chest, like a kind of, I don't know who that was. Oh, uh, what was his name? Metalot? Uh, it's another character that didn't do an awful lot. He didn't do a lot. I think he had the ability to either read minds or control things. That's why he has such long fingers to, like, hook into things. So I guess uh, it's kind of similar to Chrome Dome in the way he hooks up to people. Well, I suppose. And, and also, if it was written pre, pre or around Season 1, at the beginning of Season 1 of Transformers, everyone had special abilities, didn't they? Like, you know, Skywalk could they teleport did. and, um, you know, Mirage could make holograms. Stuff like that. So it's not surprising that they were maybe still using that that whole idea of everyone having kind of a superpower. Mm. Mm. They do... <laughs> they have this big thing about needing to build a spaceship to find out what's where the, the Decepticons have become really powerful mm-hmm. because Unicron has reformatted all the Decepticons, not just Galvatron um, and his little team. So the Warbots are overwhelmed and need to leave Earth to figure out what's going on. And it's hilarious. Like they make a big deal about building a spaceship and getting away, like in the final movie. But uh, only a handful of them get on the ship, and the rest of them just fly away alongside 
the ship like they would <laughs> sometimes do in season yeah. one that they sometimes they could fly yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's a that's a given isn't it this just happens <laughs> people fly when they need to fly and what else was different oh the junkions were in it but the junkions were depicted as being a lot more like nazis oh great uh yeah <laughs> even the the sweeps there was a lot of things talking like drawing similarities from Nazis uniform and depiction and stuff that they obviously didn't use yeah, in the, yeah. <laughs> in the artwork. Probably for the best. Like, this is what it says. Uh, <laughs> but to be honest, I mean, I think that was a bit of a plot hole in the character design that um, characters who don't shoot bullets had bullets around their waist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their, their designs were uh, slightly different. Uh-huh. Um, and it, in very different plot point. They they had created Unicron apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, the Transformers had the Junkions specifically. Oh, the Junkions, Unicron. right? Mm. That sort of makes a little bit of sense, since the Junkions do build things. I guess so. They do uh, end up teaming up at the end to try and stop him, and it kind of plays out like the movie at that point. But the humans play a bit more of a part towards the end and and i assume unicron's trying to eat earth rather than cybertron yes which does kind of make more sense and it actually it was good that we watched the movie the day ahead that they showed it's it fresh in because your mind it was and not think i didn't even really think about it to be fair that um when he reformats um galvatron and makes cyclonus and the others that he immediately eats one of the moons and i guess that would be to replenish his energy after doing such a such a task i suppose yeah um and that was really played on in that like he was stuck near the junkions and he he needed to get energy and that's what the decepticons were doing siphoning energy for him to transform and escape his orbit but um yeah it was it was a wild ride Mm -hmm. it was long though it was but it was broken up it was broken up, but it was still like we had five minute breaks in between. Yeah, and uh, I mean, even I, I was edge of my seat wanting to hear it, but even I was like, "Yeah, I <laughs> did." I'm getting tired. I did see, I did see a few accounts on TFW <laughs> saying it was a little bit long and a little bit too much. I mean, it was a long, a long day of um, of fun. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a shame that. People were a little bit sleepy towards the end because one of my favourite parts about the reading was that there was one part that was played word for word from the film because it's just so perfect and so funny. And that's the bar weep, granar weep, ninny bong joke where they they use it and then they <laughs> instantly befriend the big scary robots trying to kill them. and i just love how every draft knew that that did not need changing at all (laughs) yeah well that that's fair enough i mean it's become one of the most well-known phrases in transformers fandom hasn't it now and uh, Mm -hmm. almost almost to the point of of it being annoying (laughs) but yeah um so yeah so, so the movie ended roughly the same Roughly the same. What was the what was the ending? What was the ending? Um, they obviously needed the Matrix to save the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and Megatron, sorry, Galvatron at that point had Prime's Matrix around his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in this case, obviously, it's actually just a little ghost version of Prime. Yeah. In a jar. Yeah. Um, around his neck, and they need that 
to stop Unicron. Not quite sure why. Kind of like the final film. Um, and it can only go in a specific part of Unicron in order for it to do this. I mean, they do make so many... Uh, we were talking about how there was references to Star Wars. Mm. Apparently it was a lot more blatant in this draft that they were like, this person is like this person from Star Wars. Uh, you know, This is going to have the secret um, hatch for him to blow up Unicron, like in Star Wars. <laughs> like, this is actually written in it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, you can see it even in the, in the, in the final version, you know, so it's not surprising yeah. that... Yeah, maybe they did remove some of that a little bit. So just just because I thought, well, this might be a bit too much like Star Wars. They um they had like there was one um like only Daniel was big small enough to fit into the place to stop Unicron, so he had to go in with the Matrix and stop him. The ending was a little weird and vague because there was pages missing. There was like they said they had almost everything except two pages, and those were like some of the bits from the end, so they weren't sure yeah. why things happened the way they did, because bits were missing. Some creative license had to be used a little bit, I guess. Yeah. It was, uh... It was different. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually TFW put the panel up as a thing to watch, maybe. Hopefully. Oh, I hope so. be good I to do. So, yeah. Seems um, Jim Sorensen and uh, and Chris McFeely had done, done so much work on it, it'll be good to... It'd be good to have that as a kind of a document, as it were, to uh, refer back to at some point. Ah, my optics! Okay, so I guess after that you all went and had a beer and socialised. We did. We went to the bar again and um, met up with some of the people from earlier in the day. Talked to certain celebrity people roaming around. Yeah, that was was interesting because we were there for quite a while. We were... We were there for quite late on Saturday. Oh, sorry, we forgot something. Before, or after the movie, um, telling we had the uh, the live performance from Gary Chalk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. That's what was in the evening. Yes, yeah. Not only mm-hmm. is Gary Chalk a smooth talker, he's also a good singer as well. And uh, he did us uh-huh. a <laughs> concert. Great. Well, I mean, you know, if you've, if you've got him there and he's got his guitar, why you know, not? why yeah. not? Yeah, it was it was funny. I only had a very tenuous link to Transformers with him being Gary Chalk, but uh, but it was mm. a great it was a great way to round off the evening, rouse all the sleepers, and um, uh-huh. and yeah, it was mm. very told us a very interesting story about how he can only play right-handed guitars with his left hand. Right. Yeah. Uh, a little yeah. bit like Jimi Hendrix. Well, there you go. He's just he's just like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was left-handed, but he played a right-handed guitar. I see. He just turned it over and mm. played the strings backwards, or or he restrung strung it. Because left-handed guitars weren't so easy to get hold of at that time. Mm. And, he, he, you know, he, he, when he first started, he was quite poor, I think, I believe. That's what Gary said, yeah. He just, uh, once he knew how to play. So he's, ba- he's basically the, the Jimi Hendrix of... Um, <laughs> of uh, <laughs> Of voice actor jazz musicians, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a that's an accolade. Yeah. So yeah, so so once that was all over, you went and had a few drinks in the bar with people and met a few people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was fun because I think after the first night it was a bit daunting and it was a bit um, overwhelming, really. Mm-hmm. Just not only being around all the Transformers fans, but being like in walking distance of YouTube celebrities or. Other people that people would you would know or recognize their voice 
yeah. uh, if you know anything to do with Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think by the Saturday evening, like all of that kind of went away and like people were just a lot more relaxed and people were just more happy to sit down and chat to people. Well, you've got to around. remember that the, these people have been attending Transformers conventions themselves as 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 nobodies for however mm-hmm. long before they started their YouTube channel or their podcast or their website, blog, whatever. Well, yeah, <laughs> and we're, we're, we're really happy to meet a couple of people who kind of took us by the hand and introduced us to, to different people on the Friday night. Oh, yes. That was really nice. They were really, really nice, really kind. And on the Saturday night, we that was when, after the quiz, we'd met a couple of um, first-timers. So we got to mm-hmm. got to hang out with them and um, and yeah, just to enjoy the night. Really, have have one one drink only, just, <laughs> just one, just one. And uh, you millennials, well, some the tap we, water after we that. We met some Gen Z, so <laughs> wow. Yeah, real, real newest newcomers to the, Children. To the fandom. <laughs> They're probably born after I went to my first Transformers convention. <laughs> Not far off, I would think. Yeah. Um, it was actually that was that, that was another thing. I was surprised on the on the Saturday when I was walking around the dealer room that there was children there, like mm. not you know young children, not even like teenagers. Um, well, they were probably there with their dad. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm not. not <laughs> I think children were just there on a school trip roaming around the hotel. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, they were obviously with their parents who are. Either one half of the parents were into or both. it, um, or both. Uh, but it was it was very in- it was it was quite sweet because there was little moments you would glimpse of kids just being really excited about yeah. getting a transformer or something, and it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and that's a surprising thing about the difference between the last time I went to a Transformers convention in two thousand eight, I think. I definitely went to two thousand six. And I think I went to 2008. There was no 2007 auto assembly. Maybe it was 2005 and 2006. Anyway, I went to two auto assemblies very close to each other. But like the difference in the attendance, like back then it was almost exclusively male. Mm-hmm. Almost. There were some women there, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. The fandom of Transformers was just 30, 40 something males mm-hmm. generally cisgender white guys mm-hmm. and the diversity now is is unbelievable it's fantastic like there's so many people there from all all sorts of backgrounds all sorts of um ethnicities um ages genders and sexual orientations etc loads of women there it, it really felt like the the fandoms kind of moved on a lot which i thought was really great yeah yeah it, it... It wasn't until um, Jack um, talked about it in the IDW panel um, that you really started to take note, or Jack Lawrence. Jack Lawrence. That there was a lot of, um, of people that he had uh, spoken to that day with their different accounts of like how much his work and obviously James's work um, meant to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it was really nice. It was a really nice speech in the way he um, he put it. It was. Yeah, he did choke up a little bit, didn't he? Which is, uh, he did. yeah, it was, it was, it was quite heartfelt. I mean, it's mm. something, something that James spoke about with us when we interviewed him on the last podcast, and um, mm. and he said he's seen the fandom changing 
as he'd been mm. attending these things. So, yeah, it's great. Ah, my optics! So, on Sunday, what did you do? Well, Amy and I uh, had a lion, really, on Sunday. We were, yeah. we were late. <laughs> so we, we missed Stamp of Approval 2, mm-hmm. where um, they talked about the new stamps that Royal Mail are being out for transfer. Yeah, because there was, there was a panel about that on the Saturday, wasn't there, as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, did, we didn't go to either. No, I kind of wish I had because I didn't realise that they were UK comic book artwork stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think James Roberts mm-hmm. had a hand in some of it, wrote something for it or whatever. So, yeah, it was a shame, really, because I might have picked them up, actually. Oh, well, so you missed that. What after yeah. that? Well, after that, we went to the dealer hall, didn't we? I don't. We didn't go to many panels that day, but we did go to the dealer hall and talk to some of the, you know, just talk to some celebs, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you fulfilled my orders very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. we took a load of, ah, my optics badges <laughs> to hand out. And I was qu- handing them out quite happily on the Saturday at first. And I started to flag. Um, but the original <laughs> plan was to, A, record our intro, which we never did, unfortunately. So we've recorded it now. But also to ask various um, attendees to record uh, stings for this podcast. You've probably heard some of them by now. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you so much to everyone who recorded a sting for ex- us. Uh, exactly, exactly. You did a great job. You got loads of them. And uh, there, there's going to be a little montage of the remaining ones at the end of the podcast as, we, as, as, as the music plays out. I, yeah, I have to give a big thank you to everyone who did give me the time to do it. Some people I sprang it on, and some people I had asked them to do it the following day or something. But it was, it was quite, it was quite nice that people gave it a go, mm. and I really appreciate yeah. the people who gave it a go multiple times. Or some people who really, well, like I'm <laughs> going to give you an extreme of one, one type and of something else, and it was, yeah. uh, it was great. Some um, people really put. Put, they put a lot of thought into it, didn't they? Which I yeah. thought was quite good. <laughs> it really did. Yeah, and it was re- it was really nice, and it was another reason for me to to um, to stop being a, a fangirl in the corner and introverted, being scared, hiding, introverted to talk to people. So it yeah. gave me a reason to go up to certain people and see. So I did you a favour. You did. You did. <laughs> uh... There were there was one chap when we approached him and asked him to to read out the R of my optics. He said. What's my character's motivation? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Just imagine nice. that uh, that someone stabbed you in the eye or whatever. Yeah, I think we said your motivation is that you want to go outside in the quiet and shout. Fair, fair. No, no, it was great. You did a great job of doing that. It was really nice because it got to a point where I was giving badges out to people. Mm. Um, and telling them about the podcast and stuff, but they had recognised the badge, and uh, you know it got yeah. to a point where people were like, "You're like, oh, we've heard about this, or we saw um, some Twitter posts about it." Yeah, and you know, like we, you know, like it was starting to get around the con um, almost organically, as it were. Uh, so it was that was quite interesting and nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, I think I think it was um, Jack Lawrence wore our badge. Yeah. Um, our badge, your badge, um, at, at one of the panels and also behind his, um, desk. Yeah. And a few people said to me, oh, 
Jack Lawrence was wearing that. I wondered what that was about. Yeah. Oh, that was so so cool of him to. It was very nice. I mean, I I gave him the badge uh, on Saturday. I kind of went up and met mm-hmm. James, met um, met Jack uh, and Simon Furman, and yeah, gave them badges. And when I gave it to Jack, he went, oh, "I'm going to put that on right now." And um, <laughs> yeah. and then thirty minutes later, he was on stage doing a panel. Mm. so it was really nice to see the badge and it was like and it, yeah it, like i tweeted about it and people liked the tweet and shared it so that was really useful so yeah i mean it's nice you know bit of self-promotion obviously but it was great <laughs> so yeah so sunday was just a more relaxed day i assume it was it was and it was yeah. it felt in the dealer room as well like it was like i had a proper good look on sunday because i think everyone had bought what they wanted and this wasn't in there um, yeah, and it was nice because then then we got a chance to talk to the other uh, people behind the stalls as well, like the especially the the forge in the middle, their artist alley. Mm. Um, we got a chance to talk to some of the artists on Sunday and look at all their prints and stuff, which is quite nice. Yep, because we find that you know many like other conventions, artist alley is always hidden away, tucked away in a corner somewhere. But this is what I liked it was right in the middle that you just you know you get to see everyone's artwork. <laughs> I mean, that's my biggest bone of contention with comic cons, in inverted commas these days, is that there's so, there's so little comics going on. Yeah, Funko cons. That you're like, well, where are the comic artists? Oh, they're in another room somewhere. They're all sat there and no one's going to see them. And we're all in here buying toys or whatever. These people birthed these characters. These people are the reason these characters are popular. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to see so many people queuing up to get autographs and stuff from these people and talk to them. And it was good that they were there in the dealer room as well. Like, hmm. it wasn't just... They weren't shoved off into a corner out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was really nice that it was all um, uh, close by and that, you know... I think the, the even the, the guests themselves uh, really appreciated that they weren't stuck in a room waiting yeah. for people in a queue i think they liked the buzz of the room and they were part of they were part of the con they were yeah. as much part of the con as everybody else mm. so yeah so so yeah so i think that didn't, didn't sunday kind of end with a panel with gary chalk pretty much there was a few other things maybe one or two things afterwards but i think yeah well you tell me was that the main event um yeah, the gary chalk was definitely the main event because they had the uh the kids quiz and in between um, in the day and then getting the results of that. And when we spoke to Gary, it was right just before he was going up. Yeah. On on the stage, and that was that was quite nice, because I think it, we were fresh in his head, because I had a question for him, and they were almost about to stop the panel um, before I answered the question. He was like, no, 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 that guy's had his hand up. For a, for a <laughs> this young man <laughs> has had his hand up. <laughs> what, did, what did you ask? Um, well, I mean, he was giving a lot of, um, pointers and he was telling a lot of stories about his voice acting and the different roles he's had. I mean, there were some odd questions that were thrown at him in that panel and a lot of them were almost repeating themselves to some extent. Mm. Um, but I wanted to ask him about what it's like playing multiple characters at once, a la Scott McNeil and arguing with yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. what's that like? Do you have to, you know, really switch it on and off, or is um, someone else reading the lines talking to you or something? And he, he, yeah, he gave us a, 
a really good answer and you seem to like the question to end on so it was good oh great it was a good one to end on because he gave us a demonstration of him <laughs> arguing with himself <laughs> in vastly different voices <laughs> it was really it was really fantastic he was a really really great like fun panelist to have yeah even even as someone who's not been in the fandom for very long i i just i just really enjoyed it because he showed off his talent whenever whenever he had the opportunity really yeah i mean i I, it was a one of my regrets was that i didn't get to talk to gary chalk because there was quite a queue at one point and it was around about the time i started flagging (laughs) (laughs) from the details on the blog on the tfn website which was quite vague and I understand that, that the reason that that, that that was the case was that they didn't want to promise anything that would then get pulled or mm. changed around. Mm. But the details on the, on, the, on the blog were very vague. But one thing it did say was that Gary Chalk would be there on Sunday only. I did it. Yeah. But I think wow. what it meant was that he'd be doing a panel on Sunday. But right. it just said Gary Chalk Sunday only or something. So... I have all three seasons of Beast Wars DVDs um, and I have season one and season two signed by David Kay from when Uh. I went to Auto Assembly. So I wanted to bring those along with me and get them signed by Gary. But because I knew he wasn't, well, because I thought he wasn't going to be there, I didn't bring them along to get to get signed. So it was a shame. I would have liked, but you guys spoke to him, and it seems like you really enjoyed speaking to him. So, I mean, I'll, I'll get my chance one day, I reckon. Uh, yeah, it, it was um, it was nice speaking to him, and it helped because the lady that was with him. Um, yeah, she's she's on like um, Instagram and so on, and yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, she. Um, I've spoken to her a couple of times on Instagram, and um, I'm always tagging her in anything Beast Wars related. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we recognised each other. Once I heard her name, I was like, oh, that's who you are. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was really nice because we got to sort of chance to speak to her. Um, and I think it was on the Sunday. At some point during the day, I spotted a guy in a uh, really cool Prime t-shirt, uh, Prime Tron inspired t-shirt, one that I have. There were quite a few people wearing that, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I pointed out to him that he was wearing a good top and I got talking to him and it turned out it was um, Gary Chalk's um, cousin or family Mm. member. Okay. Um, So that was really nice. And so when we eventually went around to talk to him about doing this thing, it was a lot easier and simpler because um, Candice helped us talk to him and he was really up for it, to be fair. I don't even think we needed to, but... uh, I, w- I, w- I was nervous about asking him to do it because I was like, am I allowed to ask him to do something like that? Uh, I don't know. I'll give it a try. Um, but yeah. yeah, with both of them there, it really helps. Great stuff. Yeah, Can- Candice was like, let's just ask him. You know, I'm sure he'll do <laughs> yeah. it. And it was, really, it was great to meet her because she's such a, a great artist. And um, we she had um, a couple of her drawings on the table for mm. us to take. That was really mm. cool as well. Nice. Oh, my optics. So, yeah, I suppose then it all kind of came to a close. And uh, was there like a closing ceremony? Yeah, there was. They uh, they had a little thing for all the the volunteers who had helped out. And I don't even think we... I think me and Amy only figured out that they were volunteers until like halfway through the second day or something. Mm. Cause I think yeah, yeah. You say that you spoke to one of them and they told you. 
Yeah, I I didn't realize it was um such a well volunteered event. I I assumed everyone was an employee there, mm. and um, I got I got chatting to one of the volunteers on the second day, and um he was telling me about how everyone working there was volunteering and they were just passionate about the con and and transformers. I don't think they'd be able to run it if they were paying themselves, if they were paying the staff and so on. I mean, it's not Yeah. It's not terribly expensive to attend. It I think it's kind of pitched just about right. Mm. I mean, I bought my ticket quite late on, but you guys got early bird tickets, so I imagine yours are yours are a bit cheaper. Yeah. But yeah. it was only I yeah. think it was only about 45 quid for me to attend for the day. Which I think mm. I thought I got my money's worth, even if um, maybe I could have could have maybe taken more advantage of it. But that oh, was really good. It was only fifteen pounds mm-hmm. for the club com, which it sounds like a bit of a bargain now that I've heard that what what happened at it. Yeah, I think it really. I mean, because obviously it's our first time, so we didn't really um, probably appreciated everything in the same way that people have probably gone mm-hmm. to other other ones in the past. But for us, it felt like it was really good because you you were up and close with the the celebs as it were and you could get them to sign stuff and take pictures with where in other occasions you would have to pay extra on top of your entry to somewhere to do so mm-hmm. um which was quite nice um because it means you gave you a chance to go and talk to everyone really i think that's what we really tried to take advantage of on sunday was to talk to all of the guests um and the other one we didn't talk to properly was Nick and Simon Furman. Mm-hmm. But um, we did get we did get a signature in the end by the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> but that was a bit unofficial. Yeah, it was very it was unofficial. We met someone who knew him. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed everyone I met. And I mean, I really enjoyed because I only actually attended the one panel, which is the IDW retrospective one. But that was that was fantastic mm. to see, like Simon Furman, James Roberts, uh, Jack Lawrence, Nick Roche, and uh, Brian Rockley. Mm-hmm. All of them together and talking like through the IDW years working on the comics. Because, like, in my opinion, that's been the best thing that's happened in Transformers in the last, well, probably since Beast Wars. Uh, maybe maybe animated, but like. The IDW comics are so fantastic and such such, such a great bit of um of Transformers media and I'm so glad they exist and it was great to see pretty much the architects of that on stage mm. all talking together mm. and and you got you got a lot of the kind of some of the stuff that we spoke to James about when we had him on the podcast you got to see him kind of t- go through some of that but also have people like Jack and Nick Roche um, Nick Roche I think his name is Nick Roche. Uh, interject from here, here and there. Nick Roche is really entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. He was like the rock star. Like every, there was, he had such a long queue. Everyone wanted to talk to him. Well, he's, uh, he's, a, he's an amazing artist and, and a great and a great writer. So yeah, I mean, and he he was he was the IDW rock star for quite some time. Like you know, yeah, no, it was great. Um, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was um, it was great going up to all the the different celebrities and. Um, and a few of them had really interesting stories about what got them into whichever field they were in to do with Transformers. I remember we talked to, um, I think you pronounce it Lindsay Rosso, mm-hmm. and um, she was saying about how um, she had a background where she'd gone to Iraq during the wartime. Right. And now, of course, she 
voices RC. Like, um, what a backstory to then go and start voicing kind of a robot at war. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if any, if anyone is qualified, it's her. <laughs> and we we got to talk to Nicole um, Dubuck and Brian. I think you pronounced it Brian Holfeld as well. They were really interesting, kind of talking about what it's like to write for not just a cartoon, but also a toy franchise and yeah. um, how it being a toy franchise affects the writing and um, how they have to promote the toys and everything in advance. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was really, really cool just hearing about behind the scenes and um, everything that they, they go through to, to bring us Transformers. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Those two were great. They, they really... They, they were so great, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. They they had like a really cool dynamic between the two of them, the way they would um, tell you stories and one would start and finish it or <laughs> someone would forget something halfway through. It was really, they, were, they were really sweet, the two of them. So, great. Yeah, they were nice, nice to listen to. Yeah. Oh, my optics! So what what were your favourite bits? What's, what were your highlights? How about you? How about you go first, Virtual Amy? What were your highlights? Uh, my highlights were, and I'm going to sound very cheesy, but all the, the new friends we met. Isn't the real Transformers con, the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Just everyone was, was so nice, and I think we'll, we'll stay in touch with some people, especially by the, by the Facebook group. All right. And just... I think that going to con made me more into Transformers. Like when I was trained back Uh-oh. home, I was watching little clips, <laughs> uh, clips from um, Headmasters. Mm. Just <laughs> just because someone had told me how great it was, oh, and like yeah. they spoke so passionately about it, <laughs> I was like, "Gotta gotta get on that." <laughs> Headmasters is mental. It's very mm. silly. It's very Japanese. Cool. Um, so, uh, Dave, uh, what were your highlights? Um. Not too similar, not too dissimilar from from Amy's. Is um, it, it was really nice meeting Transformers fans face to face and having like, you know, really nice, calm discussions, positive discussions about Transformers. Whether matter what you liked, what they were looking for, what yeah. toys they prefer, it was really nice just to sit down and chat to people who could get it. You know, I didn't have to explain myself and tell them the difference between the movies and the cartoon or anything like that. It yeah. Was, it was nice just to, to talk to people who, you know, there was, yeah, Amy's right. There was a guy who was really excited about Headmasters and wanted to talk about it. It's like, yes, yeah. someone who gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's entirely true. I mean, everybody's there because they love the franchise. They love all various bits of it. And everyone's pretty easygoing and don't get their nose bent out of shape if you like a thing they don't like it's it, you know it's it's uh it's all the, the same bag of tricks isn't it it's just done in different ways it was really nice as well to i mean like amy was saying we made friends with people but i think we were kind of lucky to make friends with almost the right people who had been going there for a long time because mm. like there were certain people who we spoke to who helped us introduce us to other people or they invite us to table with other people who we all got along with our, or they told us the best person to talk to about certain things like well, they were like we had bumped into like the gurus as it were uh-huh. of at least the bar and it was really nice to I don't know have like some sort of guidance as it were because it wasn't 
once you come out of the any of the panel rooms and anything, it wasn't any if there was any TF Nation staff really telling you what to do or anything. So it was nice that people were like saw us standing there like, you know, scared sheep in a corner and they're like, No, come sit down, you know, or come talk to this person or, or whatever, you know. There was a lot of people who did that and it was really nice and very welcoming. Yeah, great. I got the same kind of vibe. Like I wandering around the dealer room, I got talking to people just randomly. When we got into the into the dealer room, I kind of wandered around looking at various stuff, and I ended up finding some um, some old issues of the old Marvel UK comic, and I was flicking through those, and a guy kind of went flicking through the other stack, was like, "Oh, you know, what are you looking for? How many have you got already?" And like, and, and, and we kind of got chatting about our our collection of. Like, he's he had he had more than I did, and was like, "Oh, he's looking for particular issues and so on," but like it was really great, like like that that kind of camaraderie, and he wasn't like. He was like, oh, there's more over there, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I saw you looking through them. So I thought I'd just I'd let you get your fill first. And he was like, oh, that's great. And so, But yeah, just speaking to various people. And obviously I bumped into some of the people from from Brighton. Andrew, who is known as uh, Nice Sideburns on TFW 2005, who sold you a um, Make Toys Jazz at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was there and he was really, 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 you know, he really wanted to help me meet people. So like, you know, at one point he was with somebody else from the um, 2005 um, message boards. So he kind of said, oh, this is this is Loose Cannon from uh, the 2005 message board. And Loose Cannon meet Orion Gear. And and then um, in the bar um, with with Hannah and Kale, they were really, you know, they they had lots of friends of theirs that I got chatting to. So it's really good in that in that sense. Um, it just felt like mm-hmm. a kind of really kind of friendly, open environment where everyone just just enjoying the thing that they loved. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was really. I mean, as like you were saying, it's just it's so different from anything we've experienced in a con where people are just so. I mean, not that people are not nice, but it's just that people are really. You thought it was authentic type nice, you know? It wasn't like just uh you know being nice for the sake but people were generally like you got the vibe that this was almost like a family reunion type of thing that people had hadn't seen each other for like the two to three years yeah mm-hmm. you know, it was really it was a really nice vibe and atmosphere yeah it was nice that we got to it was the first night wasn't it amy that we in and we actually got to share a cab with another couple oh yes yeah who turned out to be one half of um, a podcast to do with Sonic the Comic. Yeah, Sonic the Comic, the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> with, with, that's a, that's with, quite um, a niche podcast, isn't it? Really, it was, and I didn't realize. Not that, that the, not that this isn't a niche podcast we're doing right now. <laughs> Go on. But I mean, it was just nice to talk to the people, and like uh, they do the podcast with uh, Chris McFeely as well. So it was nice to. Have another connection to talk to them. Oh yeah, that's and, that's a, that's a good get, isn't it? Getting Christmas feeling on, yeah. And the and the lady was um, an artist, so she knew Jack and she knew Nick mm-hmm. and James, and just by chance kept we kept bumping into them in various circumstances, and they would introduce us to the others. Yeah, and it was it was really nice. And on the Sunday, we finally wore wore her down, bumped into her so many times that she gave us some. Um, Sonic posters that she'd made, like mm-hmm. yeah, she gave yeah. us some of her prints. Yes, oh, that's nice. Very sweet. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, my, my favorite bits were the IDW panel, as I've already mentioned, and getting to meet James Roberts in the flesh. 
it was nice to kind of go and talk to him and thank him for being on the podcast and like have a good old chat with him and um pick up his uh, more than meets the eye notebooks and so on it was really nice and and meeting simon Furman again 15 years later and going <laughs> you know i met you before it was you, you won't remember but like but no it was it was really good um really enjoyed all that so those were your highlights was there anything you regretted missing dave <laughs> i mean i, I mean I, I kind of regret it but i also think it was for the best mm-hmm. is that i I saw Fans Toy Soundwave, and I was very close to buying it. I, oh, I see. Okay, so you, yeah. Um, as our listeners may know, that Orion Guerra has set me on a on a terrible spiral of masterpiece collecting now, and I'm it's here not, playing. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> um, I'm blaming him, blaming him entirely. Don't 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 be fooled. This this is a hobby based around enabling. <laughs> It was nice. It was it was it was nice to see some of the, those figures, like high end mm. figures in person. Uh, okay, I think once you're always looking at pictures online, you get a bit detached from it. It was nice to be able to to pick up things and and see them. Mm. But I I think it was just I think probably just talking to some of the some of the other celebs that I probably either chickened out or only talked to for briefly on the Sunday. Like yeah, there was quite a few people that I videos I watch or listen to online and. Um, and I think it would have been nice to actually really pick their brains a bit more, especially mm-hmm. the um, triple takeover guys, because they was there and had a quick chat with them. Yeah, I never saw those guys, unfortunately. Not even at a distance. Like, I didn't see <laughs> Sixo, Maz, or Liam tip toy box soap up, soap box, which is a shame, really, because like you know their their podcast started ex- pretty much the exact same time as did, <laughs> and it was like, oh god, these guys are like kind of big names in Transformers <laughs> fandom and they've launched a podcast just as we're launching one. Uh, what, what <laughs> bastards. <laughs> but they've they've always been pretty supportive. I've commented on some of their stuff. They've commented on ours. It's, it, and, and like you got them to record some stings for us. So it's really nice mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, that, you know, there's no... I mean, I never really felt any rivalry, but it's it would be really, really nice to talk to them. So yeah, it's a shame that we didn't get to meet them. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, it was. I think that was the other side of it because I I think it would have been nice for you to have been, especially the Sunday, because that was when I did most of the um, talking to people. I think you would have enjoyed, yeah, being in some of those conversations because I think mm-hmm. uh, like people were asking me questions about certain things. I was like. I'm, I, I'm not the brains of the operation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not here today. Um, <laughs> My head won't swell too much in that in that respect. I, no, I think I think you would have I think you would have liked it. Some people we had spoken to on Friday and Saturday had listened to the podcast in between. Oh great! And came mm-hmm. back with some feedback and stuff. It was it was it was really nice. It was nice oh to... cool! Uh, you can you can share that with me offline. No, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to hear that. So yeah, Amy, did you get? Missing anything in particular or not? I don't like to call them regrets as much as a different plan of action for next time. Uh-huh. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so, first comers next year, when whenever that gets announced, if you're staying at the Premier Inn or you're at the station and Google Maps tells you that the Hilton is a 20-minute walk away, it is lying to you. Yep. It is not a 20-minute walk away. Because, just because of all of the... Um, kind of bric-a-brac around all the makeshift fences and things around the NEC, mm. um, just get the Uber app. Yeah. It's it's only a fiver, just, just get the Uber I mean, app. hopefully that won't be there next time. I mean, <laughs> the Commonwealth Games is a, is a one-off. <laughs> Probably won't con- happen concurrently. But yes, uh, I, I, I understand that. Mm. The whole complex is a bit of a rabbit warren, isn't it? And it's very, 
it's very confusing when you're in there because it's, it's, it's a purpose-built convention space, really. Um, well, conference space. And it is... It all looks the same and it is confusing moving around the place. It was so difficult yeah. going around with our luggage because we... We, yeah, we were so lost. We were thinking we were, we're going to so end up walking lost. on the airport runway or something like it. Mm. <laughs> and there were so many people in high vis. We thought someone would stop us, yeah. and like we were walking into somewhere we're not allowed to go to. But we went pretty far. Yeah, to the point mm-hmm. that like someone with a nearby business saw us and was, just gave us a lift to the hotel. Wow, they could tell we yeah. were so lost. That's there. nice. I know it was really nice. We just wandered onto a, con- a construction site, and we must have looked so <laughs> lost and defeated that the manager just came up to us, and a, a friend of his was like, "Go on, give give them a lift, give them a lift." And then we we got a ride in a Tesla. So <laughs> lovely, yeah. oh, very nice. Show, show for yeah, driven to the hotel. Was a pretty eventful <laughs> first first thirty minutes in Birmingham. Well, there you go. You 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 can go back to. Uh, London, uh, telling everyone how lovely everyone in Birmingham is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sure, sure I will. Although we, we met people from all over. It was um, people come from far and wide to go to TFN. Mm. We met people from America, someone from Norway, um, from Scotland, yeah. like all over. Yeah, I, I, I met and a Canadian Stephen... who thought he was American. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was talking and um, and someone said, oh, are you from America? And he went, yeah. And then his friend went, no, you're from Canada. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Canada. Yeah. They probably think that we haven't heard of Canada the same way that Americans yeah. haven't heard of Wales. Yeah. Like... He said, well, I'm from North America. <laughs> this was Gogo Andy Robo, a genuinely lovely guy and talented artist. I think he was just a bit tired and opted to accept American as close enough. Link to his Twitter, which is at GoGoAndyRobo, in the description. But yes, second fan of action, bring drinks. Yeah. If you like to have a wine with your panel talks like I do, then bring some with you, because it's very, very expensive at the Hilton. Yeah. And um, they're, they're really good there. They, um, they gave us free tap water. And uh, friendly there, definitely buy buy a drink there, treat yourself. But yeah, bring bring some lemonade, something like that with you. Yeah, the queues the queue for the bar was quite long, wasn't it at times? So hmm. that's it as well. Like you get about five ten minutes in between panels, and it's just not long enough yeah. if you really want to attend both, but are just too thirsty to stay. Yeah. Like yeah, definitely bring drinks. But the bar was a great area to kind of sit down and start and talk to people mm-hmm. and, and get your toys out and, um, and and whatever you bought and kind of pass them around and so on. It was very similar to what, what we do in the pub in Brighton, only on a massive scale. <laughs> right, it's, it's like yeah, going to the pub in Brighton, only the... every table's got Transformers <laughs> on it. Yeah, that, that was another really nice thing that even if it had been like two hours since you finished your drink, no one was there moving you along or anything. Yeah. You could just sit yeah. out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think they could have. Could I mean, it would be, it'd be too much trouble, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. it? Well, yeah. I mean, you have to clear up all the Transformers on the table. Well, I, I regret not coming for the whole weekend. Even if I felt, I mean, I felt originally like three days of Transformers might just do my head in. And maybe it will. But <laughs> I think maybe I might try the whole thing next time. Just because it seems like they've done a good job of kind of organising it into there's differences to the three days rather than it just being the same thing again. It's like, mm. oh, we're all going to go wander, mill around a room looking at 
stuff we can't afford anymore because we spent all our money on the first day uh, <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff. But no, um, it, it was good. And they seemed to put on enough panels and enough kind of entertainment that made it worth being there for the entire weekend. Mm. Yeah. I regret not talking to Gary Chalk, but I mentioned that. Andrew Wildman was there, apparently, and I didn't see him the entire time. Uh, we spoke to him. You did? Yeah. Pretty sure we did. Yeah, I, I, I saw his table, but he wasn't at it when I saw it. So it's a shame, really, because I would have loved to have gone and uh, like, talked to uh, him. Cause... Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, his artwork was, was a big part of why I loved the original Marvel comic. Mm. If I were to name some of the standout artists, it would be... Andrew Wildman, Jeff Senior, people like that. So mm. it was a shame that I didn't get to kind of like go over and you know, tell him how much I liked his art and maybe pick up something from him and get some get something signed. And I was uh, very tempted. I mean, oh god, very tempted by all the vintage G one because <laughs> for me it's it's the purest, most inventively delightful era of Transformers and. The nostalgia feels from it all as well, and there were so many little, so many stuff that I was like, "Oh God, you know what? If I had the space, I would love to have <laughs> like a proper big G one collection." And like there were Action Masters there, and those have a special place in my heart because I had a big Action Masters collection, and there was quite a lot of love for Action Masters going on. Like, to- Toy Few were, were were selling like customized ones that they they mm-hmm. made themselves, and like yeah, it was a lot of it's quite a lot of temptation there with that kind of stuff. I don't regret it. I did pick up s- some stuff. I did pick up some G one toys. I picked up a a first aid and a mm-hmm. um and Streetwise from mm-hmm. the from Defensor. And I'm going to give them to my uh, nephew, who apparently is now interested in Transformers. So. And I thought, why not get him some vintage G1 toys from 40 years before he was born or whatever. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love that you kept the tradition and only given him two of the uh, the five to collect. So he has well, that's to start it. collecting. <laughs> exactly. I can say, well, they're part of a team. So um, now you need to get the helicopter guy and the, the, the motorbike and the fire engine. But like, I know that uh, he's really into... Um, emergency vehicles so i think he'll like oh, okay but i and i and i got a i got i picked up hey i was about to say let's talk about what we bought so mm-hmm. since i've started i'll finish i got stampy from uh, beast wars neo oh yeah that's what he's called yeah i got that as a <laughs> i got that as a present for my wonderful um, university friend vanessa who i've known since 1997 and she was putting me up for the weekend so i got that for her and she's now it's now taken pride pride of place on her shelf in her place and she really enjoyed it it was funny because like i shared a photo of it on twitter and so on and people were like oh i had my eye on that so it's like, I, 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 and i bought it to give away to a friend but like it was a nice little toy yeah it's quite fun so i got those i got the more than meets the eye um handbooks sorry notebooks volume one and volume two Mm-hmm. from uh, James Roberts, which are really good. For the listeners who don't know what they are, um, James Roberts ba- basically wrote, wrote copious notes um, in like kind of ring binders and on A4 pads and so on back when he was planning out what he was going to do in his IDW comic work. And he's been going through those and he's 
he's basically um, printed a lot of the notes with annotations um, and uh, pictures of some of his notebooks and so on, kind of kind of going through like the characters that he was kind of coming up with and the storylines he was coming up with and the plots that he was kind of plotting out for the whole more than me- what be- what eventually became more than meets the eye. And you can see the seeds of how it was, how it came together, and what what you can see bits that went in and bits that didn't go in. A little bit like that mm. um, that movie thing in a way. There's like bits that you know you can see ended up not getting used, and bits that did, yeah. and so on. They're really really good. And I mean, I'm only I'm only like kind of like maybe ten pages into the first one, but it's 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 a really good read. I'm looking forward to like delving into those. So I've got those from James Roberts. Jack Lawrence has a couple of um, series Bibles, one for Lost Light and one for um, Wreckers and Beyond, which are basically just kind of character studies, like pages and pages of um, of character studies of various characters that he um, mm. he drew in the comic when he took over as the main artist on uh, James Roberts' run when it became Lost Light. So you've got, yeah, all sorts of here. There's Perceptor. Um but um, and then and then the second one is more kind of um, other stuff he did later on, so records stuff and so on. Um, but yeah, no, they're really great. And like you know, one page, every page has a as a character model where he's kind of like you know mapped out what he's gonna you know how he's gonna draw them and so on. It's really cool. And then from Simon Furman, I got the first issue of uh, Transformers eighty four: Secrets and Lies. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically the prequel to the original Marvel run, which I have read a bit of, but not all of it. I know, I know the artwork is fantastic, so I'm I'm looking forward to reading the whole thing. But it also came with the full script for the first issue as well. Cool. So that's very very nice. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, that was about it. Um, obviously, yeah, I mean, you, you gave me some 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 stuff as well. Yeah, I got that sound wave off of you. And and, mm-hmm. uh, and a Spider-Man figure as well, which is very nice and completely <laughs> unexpected. So thank you very much. It's all right. Yeah. No, it's, it's and, and I quite like it, even though I'm not the biggest Marvel Legends fan. That's a pretty nice, nice <laughs> figure. I like it. So um, what did you pick up, Virtual Dave? Everything. Yeah. Um... Spent a lot, did you? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't actually spend a lot. It's just, I, it accumulated over the Saturday and Sunday, just little bits and bobs that, and it was the one thing that I saw on the Saturday I wanted to get was that Mir- MP um, TF Element Mirage. Yep. And I'm glad, like, glad I picked up when I did because all the other stuff was gone. Mm-hmm. By the time I went back in the dealer room after the um, panel, I picked up some artwork by some of the people in the Forge, um, like uh, posters and coasters and all sorts of little little things because it was really nice to see all the people independent artists that was there mm-hmm. um of course i bought something from james bought volume three of more than meets the eye despite the fact that you no, you bought volume three of lost light of lost light sorry despite the fact you're nowhere near there <laughs> i'm not that far i'm not that far into the book yet but i mean when i get there i'll have the book ready to go exactly <laughs> um you owe it to james to read it all now for god's sake <laughs> I've given my, I've set myself a goal yeah. to get to, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, it was just like little posters and artwork. We got the, um, they had like special prints if you wanted to buy them from TF Nation to go get signed mm-hmm. um, from the celebs, and I got um, a few of those. 
got some artwork from, oh, from, I don't remember his name, Chris something. It was another really big artist that was there in the, in the forge. He wasn't, he didn't have a panel. No. A table, but he, um, he was one of the bigger artists that was there and he also drew some of the stuff for the movie adaptation. Oh yeah. Having done a little digging, we've surmised this is Chris Carter, who contributed some amazing artwork towards the Beyond Your Wildest Imagination presentation. Twitter handle at Drivar. We've put that in the description too. I think I got the stamps thing as well, and also picked that up because it was also going towards Toy Fu. We've got a couple of things mm-hmm. from there as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that should be said. Like, all the Toy Fu stuff, all the money goes to charity. So that was a big plus point to buying stuff from Toy Fu. And they had some great stuff. It was some so really cool gems that was there. Mm. It was nice because we got a chance to talk to Nick on the last day and had a little chat with him about why he set it up and how it all came to be and how it came from, like, this one little table at Auto Assembly to it exploding. I mean, they had a whole aisle to themselves, really. Yeah. It's quite impressive seeing it all in person. Mm. And they kept bringing new stuff out as well, like throughout the day. I know yeah. yeah. that, that things yeah. things would disappear, and then more stuff would come out to replace it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was quite it's quite nice seeing all of the um. It was like the botcon stuff. Like there was just things that I would never see in person. Yeah, like just random or Japanese import things that I would just never have the opportunity to see firsthand. That was that was what's nice looking at the table at Toy Fair. Yeah, I mean the the old me, the the me who went to. Um, auto assembly would have lapped a lot of that stuff up i would have probably <laughs> spent a lot of money and i say luckily luckily a lot of the stuff that on my list just didn't quite it wasn't there you know like i, I wanted to mm. pick up there are a few mmc things i wanted to pick up that weren't there there was a carnifex there and he was kind of low down on my list as kind of if i can't sign some of the other stuff maybe i'll get him but by the time mm. i hadn't found the other stuff that had gone so I was like, okay, yep. fine. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't get much toys. I'm surprised you didn't buy more, t- more toys, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, d- I didn't... Toy-wise, I think I just got the Mirage. I bought that Studio 86 Spike mm. Kapow. And even though I'm selling some of my Unicorn Trilogy figures, I bought an Armada Red Alert because I just then never had that deco before. Mm-hmm. And it was quite nice to experience that figure again. All of his gimmicks and pop out features yeah i didn't i didn't buy too much mm-hmm. looking back on it it just i mean i posted some pictures you, it looks like a lot but really a lot of that is like just the other fluff that you could pick up from the tables you bought a lot of t-shirts i did buy some t-shirts yeah there was there was a guy there i forget what his name is lucan tees mm-hmm. uh and i saw people wearing these really cool prints um and it was obviously someone had done them it wasn't just like the t-shirts I was wearing, which was just off Amazon or something. It was uh, someone had really made them. And I got to... I think we met him on the first night, but I didn't know he was doing those t-shirts in particular. But he did say he's the only one there selling t-shirts, so I should have I should have realised. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was a nice guy, and he had some cool ideas. And I was talking to him about like all of his different designs and how he likes to do Transformers, but not in... He likes to do it out of the box. He doesn't just want to have... Prime and Megatron, he likes to have Arachnid from Transformers Prime in like a Spider-Man pose, so it looks like it's the Spider-Man logo, or, yeah. you know, he likes to think out the box when he does his designs, and they're all pretty cool, so I did buy some. Good stuff. Yeah, no, it was... Uh, oh, go on. 
I was just going to say it was funny watching your resolve slowly crack across the weekend. <laughs> you, um, I don't think you bought anything on on the first day, although there was only only one store trading that day. Hmm. Um, I remember you. I said to you, "Oh, get at least get the the TFN T-shirt," and you said. I have too many black T-shirts already, <laughs> and then on Saturday you bought three black T-shirts. <laughs> But the dangerous thing was, um, Dave was saying to me, "Oh, uh, there's this two hundred pounds figure that I really want." No, no, two hundred pounds on one day. No, and then I was just, I was just watching him like every so often his eyes would go out of focus and he'd look, have this look of agony, and I knew it was just. Wondering, have they sold it? Can I still get it? No, don't get it. Was that a Robot Paradise acoustic wave or whatever it's called? It was indeed, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. One person had it for slightly cheaper, and I think that evening I went home and I went home. I went back to the hotel and like really checked again. Like, is this the best price to get this thing? And and it was still there on the next day, but it it it, it was gone. It, it had gone before I. Yeah. My resolve broke. I mean, um, I had it, and you could have bought it off me, but you just weren't into it at the time. I really wasn't. I really wasn't. Because <laughs> I sold it, because I, I, I prefer the original MP. A controversial opinion. I know a lot of people really like it, but hey, let's not get into why I don't like it. Tune, etc. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's obviously, it's fan toys. It's a good figure, but £200 good? Not so sure. You know? <laughs> it's nice. So you didn't get it in the end, obviously. I didn't get it. And I think it was part of my subconscious of why I didn't buy it straight away. Yeah. I put it back and I walked away and just thought about it in the distance. <laughs> I think there's a risk with these things of just buying things because it's there. Yes. And then you yes. get home and go, oh, I don't know if I should have bought this. So I don't know. Is, is it better to regret the things you bought or regret the things you didn't buy? Well, luckily I don't regret anything I bought. So that's right. good. Um, but I, the only other thing that was there that I might have got um, was those KOs I told you about. About they had KO Ratchet, Ironhide, and some other stuff. But you, Boom. you gave me your your it's... normal advice about KOs. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying KOs, but you know, get the get the official if you want it. It's not they're not that expensive. They did have an official um, MP10 in there, just him on his own. Mm. I think helps. That was tempting because obviously I've not experienced that figure before either. It's a great figure. Um, it's a, it's a fantastic thing. It's well, it's well worth picking one up at some point. I mean, I I've sold mine, and I do I do miss it. Yeah. So, uh, Amy, did you buy anything? Yeah, I got a few bits. Mm? I am a big fan of nerdy and novelty jewelry. Right. And I was not expecting to find any at the con because um, I thought it's Transformers. It will be all men there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, not not that um, men can't wear jewellery, of course. Mm. But I just thought, nah, they, they won't have my kind of thing there. And um, they did. And I got some um, charms and badges from a, there was a store called Norfolk Miniatures. Mm-hmm. And a store called um, CNC. I got some like little charms from there as well. I got a couple of posters. Which store was it that I got the posters from? I forget the name of the store. Do you remember, Dave? Uh, oh no, I don't. And that's the one I was talking about earlier. That's the one that Gavin was at. Um, mm. Gav Spence. Gav Spence was at. Yeah. From uh, Transformers reviews done quick. 
That's where that's where we met um Brad, isn't it, Amy? Yeah. Well I'm <laughs> I'm sure that the listeners who went to TFM will know which doll it is because it was the one where they were giving out Matrix charms. And mm-hmm. I saw the Matrix charms and I, I knew I had to have one and you could get one get one with any purchase. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'll you know what, I'll be a nice girlfriend and buy Dave a present. So, yeah. so I got you got you a poster. So that I could have the charm. She got me a nice TF animated print. Um, yeah. And then, then you ended up buying a, a comic from there and getting a charm as well. So now we both got one. Yeah. I think those Matrix charms are based on the die-cast Matrix that came with the oh, Battle in Space set. And they also came with an Optimus Prime as well. So they're basically a, a reproduction of, a, of a, an official Transformers piece of merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they said. They had someone, I think it was someone at Toy Fu had a pr- uh, 3D printer. Yeah. And they printed out them in different colours. The Matrix, Cyber Planet Keys, mm. and they had some Generation 1 ramps or something as well. Oh, yeah, from the... colours. Yeah, the the ramps from the um, from the MicroMaster sets. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it was, yeah. And I got a lot of freebies. That was one of the really cool things about this con, is that I feel like... There are mythical freebies at MCM London that mm, you never actually yes. get. But this con, there were loads of freebies. I got um, a really cool bookmark um, from the Hero Dies Alone comic, which I've been using. I got a couple of Sonic posters, as we already mentioned. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Dave took someone out um, to record a sting. And um, it was unfortunate because just at that moment, they brought a bag of um, free mcdonald's toys transformers <laughs> and just as the three of them had left and i was like oh no i was like can i can i can i get one can i get another one for my boyfriend like anyway it wasn't for you at all because of course you'd asked them to film the sting and i thought well we can't do that just as the freebies come out so we gave we gave the the mcdonald's toys to them we gave it to them yeah. oh that's very nice yeah of but i bought an, an arachnid an arachnid toy hmm. yeah that was cool and um, let me see what else. There, there were a lot of really cool things there. I got a couple of gifts for people. There was a, there was a really cool Goosebumps esque choose your own adventure book mm-hmm. at the um, main main vendors stall um, right on the first day, and that was really cool. Oh, great! Um, one other thing I did get was I got a bunch of uh, Transformers UK comics. I got about. Oh, uh, I think it was about set up. It was meant to be, I was meant to buy six, but I accidentally picked up seven or something. And the guy was really nice about it and gave me the seventh one for free, which is really nice of him. And uh, yeah, just filling in gaps. But it was good because I I took those to Simon Furman and I said, you know, just choose a few and sign them. And he was very, very gracious to kind of, you know, him. But yeah, he was like, oh, no, this is a a great one. The one with the wreckers on the front. So he signed that and so on. And it was... Yeah, it was really cool. So I got those. I picked those up. And they were, they were cheap. They were really quite well priced. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, it was good. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly filling out that collection. I liked when you when you went up to, to James Roberts and you were getting him to sign um, the books and you told him about the comics as well. And he had already had, like, a pile behind him. Yeah. <laughs> when he was like, I cherry-picked them first thing. Don't you worry about that. He'd already been in there, yeah. <laughs> picking out his uh, the ones he needed, yeah. That's a nice perk of being a... Uh, a celeb, as it were, or, or uh, you know, uh, one of the guests, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah, he had a, uh, yeah, he had a small pile at the back because he's he's slowly trying to get like a perfect collection, isn't he? Oh, my optics! Right. Well, um, is there anything you'd like to talk about before we wrap up? I guess I would just like again to like give a big thank you to everyone who gave us the time to do these things, especially the uh, the celebs because they were very busy or people were hounding them for pictures or autographs and things, and the people did take the time to, you know, take a, participate in the podcast. You could clearly tell they had never heard of before, and I was like, well, <laughs> just go with me. That is a Transformers podcast. I'm not <laughs> using your voice for any malicious reasons. Um, it, um, it was really, it was really nice. No, um, I, I second that. That's that was fantastic, and some. Well, they're all great, but like there were some really great ones in there, which you will have heard throughout this podcast, and. Like I say, I will put a medley of the remaining ones towards the end. And I also like to mention um, Gary Chalk did a he filmed a little um, advert for us. Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, in fact, yeah. I'll probably use it as the as the video, the little short clip that goes up on mm. on Instagram and so on for the episode. I think I think that's the best. That's that's got to be the best bit. So I'll definitely use that. <laughs> Will you be going next year? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely going next year. Um, yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, do- they're doing some sort of mini-con. In Manchester. In Manchester in March or something. And yeah, I mean, maybe. maybe. Never been to Manchester. Yeah, I- I'll probably skip that because Manchester's a bit of a distance to go. I was just going to say that it was, it was nice to, even when the convention had finished and bumping the people on the way home, that you were still like, hey, TF Nation, you know, or, you know, seeing the wristbands or the yeah, that, T-shirts that everyone had bought. There's loads and loads of positive feedback I saw on um, on social media. So, I, I mean, I think it was a success. I mean, I, I went into it, as I normally do, in a very cynical way. <laughs> but it was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be up for this. And even, even coming up, up to it, I was like, oh, why have I bought a ticket for this? Friends of mine were in Paris, and I kind of thought, oh, we could have could have gone and done that. But no, I really enjoyed the day, and and, and I am up for going again, mm. and maybe doing Woo! maybe doing the whole weekend because I, I felt like I missed out on some of the experience by only doing the Saturday. Mm. So yeah, I'll be back. You did miss out. Well, I think that's it. That's about it, isn't it? Really. Um. So yeah. We all liked it. We all enjoyed it. It was very good, and it was it was like like you say, it was a really great way of kind of um, meeting a lot of people from the fandom, talking to a lot of people you'd not met before, talking to people that you maybe have seen on YouTube or or, or people that have written or drawn comics or um, or involved in Transformers in whatever other way, and kind of just chatting with them and like being mm. there on a kind of level pegging with them all and no no one was too pompous or up themselves it was just really nice mm-hmm. i enjoyed it and i will probably go again ah my optics wonderful so did you did go we do to well TF nation did you enjoy it what were your highlights let us know on social media and all the usual places you can find me in particular on twitter and instagram i am at gear orion and orion underscore gear respectively and Dave, uh, where can they join your growing fan club? <laughs> um, well, I go by Virtual Dave Twenty Six, mostly on Instagram, but you can also find me on Twitter. You'll find me. <laughs> we, as in I, 
need to give Virtual Dave and Virtual Amy special thanks for knocking it out of the park promoting the podcast at TF Nation by both handing out the badges and recording the really excellent stings from the likes of the Triple Takeover lads, 60 Maz Liam, aka Toybox Soapbox, uh, the legendary Chris McFeely, Jim Sorensen, the all around nice guy Gav Spence from TRDQ, the loquaciously verbose Thu Adams, and of course, the big bot, the boss monkey himself, the one and only Optimus Primal, Gary Chalk. You really played a blinder getting him to uh, record that lovely little sting for us and the little advert thing it was great oh mm-hmm. it, it was his idea yeah i mean that wasn't that was not scripted by us he just <laughs> he went off and he did it he did a wonderful <laughs> job i'm so chuffed with that amy thank you so much for joining us and providing your astute musings on a bunch of adults making a big deal out of toys and shit <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me you're absolutely welcome i hope it was as enlightening for you as, as it was delightful for us Oh, thank you. No worries. Uh, You you can come again. Finally, uh, if you like what we do, please do like, follow, subscribe, review, etc, etc. We really appreciate it. And I really mean that. The amount of love and support we've received since TF Nation on social media and so on has been quite overwhelming. So thank you so much. It's it's always great to, to get some validation. Mm -hmm. Of course, that sort of love sustains us spiritually. But if you want to help us keep the lights on, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) What what Orion Gear is trying to say is, Bar Weep Grana, Weep Ninny Bong, please give us an Energon goodie. Yes. (laughs) If you would like to, you can definitely throw a few quid our way um, by heading over to www.patreon.com slash argmyoptics. Do not forget the double A. And you'll get some free exclusive... Um, content. Well, you'll get some exclusive content for your trouble. It's not free. You've given us some money, haven't you? So <laughs> <laughs> you get some exclusive content. That was quite messy. So all that remains for us is to thank you all for listening and hope you join us next time here on Scream It Together, guys. Ah, my optics! 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 Oh, my optics! Ah, my optics! Oh, my optics! Ah, my optics! Arg, my, my optics! Arg, my optics! Hey, if you want to know everything you've ever wanted to know about the Transformers, please listen to Arg, my optics!